Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Happy Monday, to you and yours, hope that you had a wonderful Father's Day and that uh, this week gets started off wonderfully. Hopefully we can be a part of that with our guest today, Nina Singto. wanted to learn a little bit about Nina. Uh, she is the owner of Tai Isan over there off of Demumbrian and Division Street, right at the, the Buddy Killen Circle, where she calls the Naked People Roundabout next to Tailgate Brewery. <laughs> She is an absolutely amazing person. Um, her family obviously runs King Market, and she just um, she talks about it all today. She doesn't hold back at all, and I just love that about her. We had a really good conversation about um, her food, about what it's been like post-pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but when people come into a restaurant and just kind of how they act, we talked about Yelp reviews, Talked about wearing masks. Talked about all kinds of stuff today. So uh, hang out. We got a little bit to talk about here before we get into that. But if you did not, if you didn't catch it, we do a show now on Fridays, every Friday. It is called the Nashville Restaurant Radio Roundup. It is presented by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. And it is just going to be a whip around coverage of everything that's happening inside of our city in the restaurant business right now. So if you work in the industry and you want to know what restaurants are opening, what restaurants are closing, uh, you want to know the best place to go to get a drink, best happy hours, the newest places we're going to be spotlighting different areas, just all kinds of everything that's happening in the restaurant scene. You're looking for a job, we're going to be highlighting the top jobs out there. If people have moved jobs, new chefs, whatever it might be, that's going to be on our Friday show. If you know somebody who's coming to Nashville and they want to learn where to go, what to do, share them. Let them know that we have uh, the Nashville Restaurant Radio Roundup every single Friday so that they can be familiar with what's going on in our town. But talking about Spring Mountain Farms Chicken, just to let you know that they are a family-owned business nestled in the hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains with over 50 years of experience raising chickens. They exercise great care in all that they do and their dedication to providing their chickens with a quality life and healthy diet results in a healthier, more delicious chicken for you and your family to enjoy. Try Spring Mountain Farms Chicken today by locating a store or restaurant near you or ordering online, which you can do at springermountainfarms.com. All right, well, let's get on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Nina. And here we are today with Nina Singto, the owner and executive chef of Thai Isan. How are we doing today, Nina? I'm good. How are you, Brandon? Happy Father's Day. Thank you very, very much. And happy um, Father's Day to your husband. Who I Thank think you. Sleeping. Yes, we had a rough night last night. It was so busy. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is a very good thing. It's a very good problem to have, even though you tell everyone you close at nine, but people keep on coming in. But we got to get this money, got bills to pay, you know, due to the crisis that we're going through. So somebody comes in, you say that you close at nine, but you're still busy at nine o'clock. You don't cut it off, do you? I don't. To me right now, during the crisis that we're in and we got bills to pay and 
my employee needs a job, I stay. You know, being a business owner is hard. Some of the sacrifice that you have to do for yourself and your employee, but we stay an extra hour. It's fine. That's not, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a fan. People that, you know, restaurants that say they close at nine, obviously there's a common courtesy for guests not to come in at 8.55. There's right. else in the building and you come in, eat fast, order fast. But as a restaurant, people that turn people away before they close, I've never for sure that. Like serve people till you're closed. Yes. And, you know, we were actually, we had patio, half patio and half restaurant. And we had a party of 12 coming in at 9, 10. What do you do? You take the party or you turn them away. I took that party. Heck yeah. And yeah, I'm going to take it. I mean, and it's people that we know even though they're like an hour and a half late, but it's okay um, because the people are still eating there till like 10.30, but they were really, really nice about it. They hurry up, came in, ate, and left within an hour and a half. So, but I do have a problem, Brandon. If you dine in with us at six o'clock and we close at nine and you're still sitting there talking, not even ordering drinks or anything and just sitting there talking and I got to go home. After a long night and you still sitting there talking, you got to go at 930. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's also, that's a great topic I wanted to bring up because one of the things I'm trying to do on this podcast is educate the guest. Right now, now maybe tomorrow when we open phase three, but right now restaurants are only able to serve 50% capacity. So if you go out to eat right now, the, the industry term is people are camping. Yeah. They pitched a tent and started camping. Yes. Do not sit at a table for longer than your meal, go somewhere else, go sit out, stand outside. Cause if a restaurant's busy, that real estate you're sitting in is very, very valuable. Don't just sit there and drink water after water and a table that could possibly be turned. I mean, get there, eat, have a good time, order drinks, order food. If you're going to continue to spend money, stay there. But if you're just kind of done and you're hanging out, get up and go somewhere else so that table can be sat. But my thing is, people don't doesn't understand that, Brandon. I feel like, um, I know you've been quarantined and I know you want to be out, but my place is not the place to be hanging out, when especially we have to turn those tables, you know what I mean? That's and what it's hard to tell them, okay, you give them the check and they just sit there and look at you like you're dumb. And you'd be like, man, um, the kitchen's about to be closed. Would you like anything else? And they look at you and be like, no, thank you. And watch them just sit and talk. And you, at this time, it's very hard for us to kick a customer out, knowing that we need the revenue because we don't want that reputation. You know what I mean? Of course not. No, I mean, we're in this hospitality business because we want to take care of people. But right now, in this particular time, and I think that's why you get these crazy Yelp reviews from people that are like, well, we were only sitting there for three and a half hours. And the restaurant manager was like, look, we're only allowed to seat half capacity. We need you to move on. Like this, yes. this is rude. You're right. But they don't get that. And you know, that's another big thing about Yelp is I feel like Yelp are the meanest people that just want to be food bloggers that don't know anything about food. I'm so against it. I know I was a Yelper before, but then I came to realize <laughs> this ain't no joke, but I only Yelp when I'm mad. And that's what Yelpers do. They Yelp when they're mad. And that's, I mean, that ruins business, you know what I mean? It does ruin business. And I had, you know, I had Jim Myers, who's been a longtime culinary writer in Nashville on the show a couple of yes. ago. And I asked him, I said, what's the art of writing a review? Because everybody out there, really, everybody that has a heartbeat in a telephone is essentially a restaurant critic now. And right, right. 
there's a, he said, I had a responsibility and it wasn't to the restaurant. It was to other diners. When I went to really review a restaurant was to give them a heads up. It was more of a consumer beware of what you're about to encounter versus a, Hey, this is my friend who owns a restaurant. And I feel like so many people go and make reviews right now out of spite. Right. If you have a bad experience and you can identify that it's a one-off, not good experience, speak to somebody in the restaurant, talk Correct. Find the manager and say, hey, this particular situation didn't happen well for me and I didn't enjoy it. And if they don't, if they go, well, tough, man, it's Tuesday. And, you know, then I think that's something you want to let other people know. But if the manager takes care of it and they do what they need to do, you don't let it go online. Yes. Yes. I mean, Yelp is good for just food pictures, but I don't really go in and read the review or anything because I really don't care because I like to go in experience and have my, you know, my own experience and my own review. But really at this, this time of day, I don't really care. I just want to eat and I just want to leave. If I had a bad experience, boohoo, you know, I go back and experience again. If I have the second one, okay, then we can yelp about it. You know what I'm saying? So let's, I want to learn a little about you. So you, you are. I love watching your Instagram. You put some of the most beautiful looking food up there. All I can see recently is people posting about crawfish, these <laughs> spicy Thai crawfish you're doing, which I know they're out. And I think you're doing shrimp. I'm doing shrimp next week. Next week you're doing shrimp. My brother brought some crawfish out to the pool the other day and I was like in heaven. Okay. Good. People doesn't understand this crawfish of mine is killing. It started out with David Wingo. <sighs> We love David Wingo. You know David Wingo? David Wingo? Uh-huh. It's one the Maddie Hargrove and all them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it started out one weekend at the old Taisan that I did a crawfish on the patio. I guess it's so memorable. Everyone keeps asking me to bring it back. So I brought it back. I was just doing it for that one weekend, but then it just blew up. And then I did it for like six, seven weeks, I guess, every weekend. 300 pounds, Brandon. Every single weekend was sold out. I was like, okay, but it's really good. Like, it's just not just eating crawfish. It's just like that flavor. You can eat it with rice. Some people use leftover juice and put it on their scallops, put it Ooh. on their pasta. I mean, you can do so many things with that sauce. And it's a very, very powerful sauce, I must say. It's, it's fantastic. Um... It's like the perfect blend of flavors, you know, and I don't know how to even describe just that perfect blend of flavors with little, little crawfish. I mean, it's like tiny yeah. Fish. And then what about that hotness though? <laughs> oh my gosh. The papaya. Is it papaya salad? That you <laughs> Woo! I'm Lordy. I'm telling you this Nina hot has gotten Nashville all shook up. I'm like, it's getting out of hand. <laughs> it's a good thing. You know, we, we love it. So where does Thank that, let, let's get back to your, I want to start off and kind of talk about your history. Where okay. Did, um, where did, you know, your family, obviously King's Market, but like, tell me about you. Kind of give me the, yeah. give me give you a whole story. All right. So I'm from Arkansas originally. I, I was a refugee kid. So growing up, I mean, like, um, we came to the United States in maybe 1983 um, my parents always worked like two, three jobs just to keep us, you know, to make a living really. Cause back then they were wor working only for like three bucks an hour. So growing up, I was always into food. I was into 
watching grandma cook. I was just always into food and um, I just love cooking. My grandma has a passion for cooking and I grew up, you know, with our parents not being around, had to cook and um, provide for the family, like my brothers and stuff. So I started out with just, you know, cooking ramen, doing simple stuff and then just growing into the world food with grandma. That's how I got self-taught myself. And then when I came, when I, after I graduated uh, high school in 99, I moved to I did what I wanted to do. My parents were like, I'm not sending you to culinary school. It's expensive. So you're going to have to do something else. So I got into um, cosmetology, did hair at Salon FX. Do you remember Salon FX, Brandon? Whoa. Yeah. Was that up division? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was there for about good six, seven years. And then when family opened up King Market, my mom was like, hey, can you put your career to the side and come help us um, open King Market? You'll run the front and the back. And I said, okay. So I ended up serving, which, okay, I love people. I love seeing people loving the food, you know. And then one day I just went to the kitchen and be like, you know what, let me take over. So I serve, I cook. I did everything, Brandon. And then one year I just told my mom, like, look, it's time for me to go and do my own thing. Since King Market, I've been here at King Market about seven years now. It's time for me to go and do my own thing. And they're like, okay, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go open my own restaurant. My mom was like, you think you can do it? And I'm like, it's not think. I know I can do it. You know, uh, one thing about me is I'm a go-getter. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, Brandon. Oh. And it was scary coming from Antioch to 12 South because I left that area for a while. And coming back, oh, it was so scary. What was scary about it? Well, you know, the clientele was different. You know, you went from Antioch, serving in Antioch, right? And the clientele's different. And then going to 12 South was just like, whoa, I don't know what the hell I got myself into. But you know what? Failing was not in my head. I knew I had to make it. And damn it, I made it. (laughs) So... So that's, um, so I want to go back to King Market a little yeah. bit. Have, yeah. When you went to King, she worked, you said that you cooked with your grandmother. I cooked with my grandmother growing up. Growing up. And is that where you really huh? authentic Thai cook? Yes. yes. From your grandmother? From my grandmother. My grandma only taught me one thing growing up. was like, if you're going to cook, do it right and do it with passion and people can taste it. But if you be sloppy about it, people can taste that too. So that's one thing about me is when I do it, I do it with passion. So, and that's why my food is so authentic and good. <laughs> so what did you, so you went to King Mark, you, you were doing hair. You're doing hair. I was doing hair. Doing mm-hmm. hair. And um, then you went to King's Market. King Market. King's, yeah, King Market. Worked with your family. What was it like working with your mom and dad? Oh my God, let me tell you, it was the hardest thing. I'm like, did I really left my career to be in this business with family? I'll tell you, Brandon, working with family is hard. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a whole new world. Yeah. You know, and I love my family to death, but one thing is working with family is hard. And to all restaurant owners that have partners and everything, you guys know this for sure, that it's hard to work with partners. It's hard to work with family. But at the end of the day, that's still your family, you know? So, uh, yeah, I was serving. I was serving. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Let me go in and cook. Because we did have a chef there. 
You did chef? We have a chef at King Market. Yeah. But when people start coming in and start requesting me to cook, I just went in there and cook. Mm-hmm. So was there ever any aspirations of, did you have any ownership in King Market? No, 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 no. I was just a daughter. It was my mom and her two brothers. They were all partners in that. So was that an option at all going into, so was it, was it kind of an, I'm going to start my own thing or maybe I could join in the ownership of King Market? Was that ever even an I, No, I didn't want to start ownership. At that time, I was still kind of young and wild. So um, I didn't want no part of that. I just want to go in, do what I need to do and come home. That's it. I didn't think about having my own business. I didn't think whatever. I was there from 10 to six and out. Yeah. When you decided to do Tai Isan, mm-hmm. what was that like? I mean, what, what finding the location, do you have partners? What was it like? At the time I was partnered with my aunt. Okay. Yes, I did have partner. And um, as when I was starting Tai Isan, I just knew that, okay, well, it's better off. Like, well, we're just going to get that later then. Well, I felt like when I went to 12 South, um, I just knew I had to grow myself. Mm-hmm. So I was the front and I was the back as well. So I come out and greet customers that go back in and cook, you know, just trying to build that clientele. So I was the first month I had the time, to, but then I was thinking, okay, you know what? Let me brand me. Let me, let me show what I have. This is my restaurant. Let me show what I have. So now I took control of the whole back. So that's when I decided that I had to put my hands on this food for, for it to be very good, for it to show who I am. But I think you just described what is kind of the American dream, right? So you, you want to start your own place and it's very grassroots. You didn't have yes. this backing from some gigantic corporation. You kind of went into it um, in 12 South, which is a different clientele and you very different early grassroots. I think that when you start a business, you can't afford to have like front of the house managers and back of the house. Oh no! I mean, you're being no. people at the front door and then you're cooking the food to, mm-hmm. to be something that's incredibly special. I almost feel like there's something that's so incredible about that because there's passion behind everything that you do and people that come in, recognize that that's what special and um i think that's the thing that probably annoys you the most we talked about yelpers is that some random person comes in and doesn't like it and just completely trashes all over your hard work and your passion and it hurts Mm -hmm. yeah it hurts you know and it really hurts when you tell me my food's not the day but who are you to tell me when you come in this is my thing about people coming into a restaurant tell me my food is not authentic, Brendan. It's you coming in and creating your own menu. <laughs> it's like you try to have it your way. No, nah, if you're going to have it your way, then it's not going to be authentic. So that's a good point. So if you come in and you pick the drunken noodles and you take out six ingredients and replace them with your special ingredients that you need, your modifications, and then say you don't like it, well, that wasn't my dish. Right. Exactly. So you coming to tell me, okay, we had an incident um, a couple weeks ago. You want drunken noodles. You don't want no soy. You don't want no oyster. Girl, then what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know Asian restaurant use soy, and you know the Asian restaurant use oysters. That's the main thing. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Uh, Alfredo, I don't have that for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she made up her own thing and was like, uh, this is not authentic. I mean, what do you want? Well, what's wrong with you? What's your allergic? 
what's the issue here? Her issue is she's allergic to any fish and any fish, shellfish. And so I'm like, well, we have gluten-free, but she didn't want gluten-free. Then what do you want? So you know what at the end was? She just wanted steamed um, drunken noodles with some vegetables in it. And she put her own soy sauce in it. Well, you, you did that. You could have just stayed at home. Yeah, you could do that. Because <laughs> easy. Yeah, I just don't feel like, to me, I try to cater to everybody. But Brendan, when you really come into my restaurant and make your own menu, and I have to spend 30 minutes just to figure out what you like, I'd rather not have you come. There it is. I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. There's a flow. I mean, I don't think people recognize that when you put together a menu, there's so, it's not, and this is another point here is that what you're doing isn't, you don't just have like all these ingredients sitting around just right there in one spot. I mean, you have to set up your kitchen based upon the flow of your menu. So each individual dish, you have a mise en place, everything that's right there to make this. And when I have to go back into the dry storage to get this one ingredient for one dish and then over to this side of the restaurant to get another ingredient for another dish, it messes up the entire flow. It's not just that one person that wants that one dish. It throws off every person because now it takes me five minutes to make your dish where normally it takes me 47 and a half seconds to make that dish. And that's the funny thing about that is, is that that's how specific you have to be when you own a restaurant because you make sure that all these things come out on time. When everyone wants to do their own menu, it throws everything off. And then they complain about it. They complain about it. And then it's starting to be like, you're taking advantage of me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, yeah, I'm trying to cater to you what you want. I mean, it's easily to be substituted, but you really need to look at our menu if it's our first time coming in. You know, you really need to look at our menu. And, you know, we do walk for walk meaning order per order on a walk and it's time consuming and it, it, it throws everybody behind. And then now the next table is not getting their food because we're still working on this one table. And that's the thing about, I feel about it. It's like, I can cater to only so much, but when you come in and make a scene about it and it's already causing 30 minutes, I just rather not you come. And we did tell her like, you know what? We tried our best. And if our best is not good enough, this restaurant is just not for you. And that's a, that's a bold stance that sometimes you have to take. I mean, it's not yeah. a popular stance amongst yeah. people that, you know, want to come out and eat. But I mean, that's kind of the other side of being a business owner is that you have that, you have that choice. Like, hey, look, people that want to order my food because they like my food, I'd right. them get better service than have to change everything I'm doing to, to appease one person. Right. All right. people. Like, go somewhere else. Right. And I know a lot of restaurant business, business owner knows this. I mean, this is a hard world we're working in. It's hard. And especially nowadays, it's getting to be to a point where they know that we need their money and we know that we need them. They're making it harder for us too. So talk about that. Meaning our, as a restaurant owner is different now. We can't really turn people away because they've been sitting there for three hours because we do need them and we do, you know, want their, you know, their business. And then, just like people come in telling my server that, okay, um, your food here is just way too spicy, but you already know our spice level is hot, but they come with their friends and they're like, okay, I want medium. And our servers will tell them, okay, mediums are really on the really ex- uh, with the spicy side. They're like, oh no, we had your medium before because they want to show out why the friends there. My servers always be telling them that we can always give you a spice rack on the side. And they're, 
going in, telling them it's too spicy. We go, we go remake the food. Then they're like, oh, we just decided we don't like this food. It's just too bland. You know, just stuff like that. It's just always something. Ever since we opened back up dining, we have more problems ever than we did before. And I feel like right now it's just end up taking advantage of us. You know what I mean? So let's, let's talk about Thai food. I think some of this is, some of it could be a lack of education from people that don't understand what you're doing. Maybe there's people that don't understand spice levels or what the type of food is. I mean, are people coming in uneducated about your food and then complaining about it? Because all raving reviews. All I hear is everybody saying how amazing it is, and it is. Well, thank you. I love spice uh, food. So, have you tried my? Uh, have you tried Nina Hot yet? I don't know. I'm not had Nina Hot. No. Well, you need to come in one day and try Nina Hot. Okay. Will it light me up? Um, I, I mean. <laughs> The papaya <laughs> salad, Nina Hot. No, I think that was like a medium. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, you gotta talk to um Justin about that Nina Hot. <laughs> brother would love the Nina Hot. He eats fire though, so that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you say, brother? I, I was just off a second. What What did you ask me earlier about educating themselves? I mean, just about Thai food. I mean, people that come in to eat that might not know about your cuisine, what if you, let's give people a heads up as to exactly what you're doing, how you're doing, the style, just everything about your, your cuisine. My cuisine is bold and flavor like it's there. The spice is there, the flavor's there. There's just everything that, I mean, I've been to Thailand in February, okay, uh, right before I shut down. And I'm telling you, I went on a food tour, Brandon. My food is more authentic than Thailand, okay? I've been to the street of Thailand. I've been to the core of Thailand in Bangkok. Uh, and I'm telling you, I try almost every dish that I have on my menu. And honestly, Brendan, mine is good. Mine is good. Mine is very authentic. If I don't know how much more authentic they want me to be, but I'm telling you, my favorite, my flavor that I cook, it's bold, it's good, it's fresh, you know? and that's all I have to say about it. And if you want to come in and critique about it, then, hey, I said, I've been to Thailand and my food is good. But then there's people that said they've been to Thailand and um, order whether, okay, so we had a lady that ordered Packer Pao. She just went to Thailand this couple of years ago and told me my Packer Pao is not Thailand. She's, uh, that don't taste like Thailand. I said, what do you want me to do? Add more MSG? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what more authentic do you want me to do? Like, seriously, people that think that they went to Thailand and come eat my food, seriously think my food is not real. Well, you have to understand, that's a third world country and we're America. Yeah. Maybe their she is more potent. I don't know. But I know my food's good and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. So that's good. So your food is bold. You have fresh flavors when you come mm -hmm. in there. Nina hot is, I mean, I think that, that that's something you have to try. If you like hot, if you're the guy that goes to Hattie B's and gets the shut the clock up, right. Then you need to go. Yes. Hot, right. Yes, for sure. And I love Hattie B's, but I, they're, they're pretty hot too. <laughs> <laughs> they're spicy. Yeah. I'm medium. I'm like the medium. I like a good, flavor i like a good spice i thought the the papaya was the salad was fantastic like that's exactly where i need it to be and yeah that and i'm a little bit i'm a little bit in pain uh, yeah but i'm not gonna complain i think the spice is the hardest thing 
as a restaurateur to, um, to articulate because every restaurant I've ever worked in, if you had that one dish, if it's a, I worked at a place recently, had a, had a buffalo cauliflower dish. Mm. It was like, you know, it's cauliflower that was baked, but then they put like a buffalo sauce on it, which was mm. mildly, I mean, it's a light, light, light spice. But I mean, you never know. People go, is this hot? And you go, not really. I mean, but my not really, <laughs> you know, this woman that ordered it, she's does it that people, some people just don't eat things with flavor. You know, people that don't eat things that are spicy ever, a mm-hmm. little bit of red pepper will light them up. And then people like my brother, who, like I said, like to eat fire. Yes. Really challenge them. So when you're a place that has a heavy spice, the challenge of articulating that to the guest has to be probably one of the hardest things you do. Oh yeah, for sure. Have you tried your brother's hot sauce? Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's your brother hot sauce times oh. maybe five more. That's Nina hot. <laughs> sauce what? His hot sauce times uh, five equals Nina hot. <laughs> oh, I think that you just threw the gauntlet down. He may uh, he may take a challenge to that one. Yeah, but his oh, but his hot sauce is good. I mean, you get those street tacos and you put some of that hot sauce. Oh, it's like heaven. It's good. For those of you who don't know, um, my brother, his name is Justin. He owns a a marketing company here in town. And uh, he's a foodie. He's a guy that loves going out to eat. But he's also known, one of the things I know him for, I think a lot of people know him for, is music, as well as um, his ability to eat really hot food and love it. And he grows peppers. He and a couple of his friends grow like Carolina Reapers and all these Thai chilies <laughs> and jalapenos and ghost peppers. He grow, him and his friends have this, all these pepper plants. And then they take all these peppers once a year and they go to their buddy's house and they, they bake them and they chop them and they puree them and they make this sauce. It's every year he gets a batch of sauce and they call it homegrown hell. And, and it's good. Like it is a really good hot sauce. It's some good sauce, y'all. Get some. I mean, I think he should start bottling it because I'm telling you, every time I get those uh, food truck tacos and put it on, oh my god, just devour it. It's so good, Brandon. It's so good. He does bottle it. I mean, it's bottled, but he just doesn't sell it. He gives it away as like Christmas. Yeah. So you got to be like in an inner circle, and you have to like hang out with him. Like, so I like spicy things. <laughs> him you know kind of throw that do you have any of that sauce and he usually has a jar or two of it like hanging out with him for that one person he meets that's like dude i love spice he's like oh yeah try yeah 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 i'm glad i'm his inner circle because i'm telling you i'd be waiting for that sauce every single year he drops me off two sauce two bottles and it lasts me a good long time until i get the next batch yeah because you can only use so much yeah he yeah he uh He's got, I've, I've got mine. I love it. I think it's the best yeah. drop or two and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So what's it? So we're right now in a crazy time to pivot a little. Yeah. We've just, we're still in the pandemic phase three tomorrow or today. Cause this is coming out. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Monday. Today, this today is Sunday. We're recording this oh. on Thursday, but this will come out. <laughs> tomorrow on monday oh listening today it starts phase three um are you excited about it are you nervous what are your kind of your thoughts about this 
I, I don't even think about it, Brandon. I just go with whatever phrase we're in and we just keep it moving. I mean, I, I do the guidelines. What's more important to me is guidelines. You know, it's just wearing our masks and being sanitized. That's all. I mean, I don't really look into the phase. I mean, I just know that tomorrow be like 75% mm-hmm. and the bar's seating is open. And that's all I look at, you know, if anything, the bar seating, people are excited to sit at the bar. <laughs> I, yeah. I always think that sitting at the bar is the best place to sit. That's the fastest service. I like the bartenders. They, you know, the talk, they, they're always kind of right there. Yeah. You know, it's great. So what do you think about, these four restaurants and bars downtown having their beer license pulled for a week because I don't want to put my opinion in it. I just don't feel like it's fair. Not during this time. I feel for them. I mean, it's sad, but I just feel like, Hey, guidelines are guidelines. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't like to put my opinion in there. I just feel like it's just not fair. That's all. It's not fair. Cause people are trying to make a living Brandon, you know what I mean? And during this crash, you have to excuse that I don't know I don't know I'm just not gonna put my opinion in it I had my opinion the other day and I had it shut down and I'm just like okay let me just keep my mouth shut (laughs) I I said my opinion the other day on uh, we have a show that I put on every Friday it's called the roundup and Uh overall roundup of the restaurant scene in Nashville and I said you know I understand the double standard that's going on out there and I understand Uh people work and it's their livelihood but there's also a government mandate. They're saying that you're not allowed to do these things. And if you're a restaurant owner and you decide to go against that because you, for whatever reason, you say, hey, look, this isn't fair. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You take a risk. Yeah, for sure. For you know, sure. Risk. And if, if that happens, then, you know, there's, there's repercussions to you taking that risk. And I think it's a thing. A lot of people are following by the rules. And if you're one of the people that isn't, you know, I don't know. I, 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 again, it's that double-edged sword. You have free. Uh, then again, we're not there to know the whole story either. So I just kind of, someone asked me about it. Like, hey, Nina, what do you think about it? I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to mind my own business and try to keep it going at my own restaurant and trying to follow guidelines, you know what I mean? So, but I just keep the opinion to myself. Well, I mean, I think it's stupid. I think people should be able to sit they should be able to sit at the bar the entire time just separate. Well, I don't know why four people can sit at a table right across from each other versus and That's have, the thing I don't understand. I don't get the bar thing like uh, Brenda, what about I sit at the restaurant and see the Mumbran bar uh neck to neck, shoulder to shoulder and it's okay. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. But you know, hopefully we'll get back to a new normal here pretty soon. I hope so too. If anything, the mask thing. We need a new game in this mask thing because I can't breathe. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a, a another topic for everybody. I wear a mask everywhere that I go, but I'm not wearing a mask like 24-7. I have really bad lungs and um, I wear a mask and I always, I kind of feel weird sometimes because I walk through and nobody else is wearing a mask and I'm like, and every time I walk into a restaurant, I'm always wearing a mask. Out of respect really? people that work there and the other guests, I do that. But I, it is hard to. I can't imagine doing it for eight, twelve hours at a time, especially behind a grill. Mm, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but we just gotta do what we gotta do. Keep. I mean, what can you do? 
but how the so the mask is like the new normal now so hopefully it, hey i think this halloween be a good costume <laughs> anybody had any <laughs> how, halloween people are gonna be going without masks look at my regular normal face right i mean like back then it's like you can't wear a mask entering a store and now it's like you have to wear a mask entering store so it's into banks with masks and sunglasses on and you're like right right there haven't been like 40 bank robberies right now because people like i I was wearing a mask and that was normal right i don't know but this whole mask thing is just (laughs) crazy i never thought that i was gonna live to see this pandemic yeah, no. I just didn't think that was going to happen my age. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen in the next six months? Gosh, hopefully no mask. <laughs> That's it. Because I just, you know, we, we're in the restaurant business, so it's hard serving at the patio. It's hard for us in front of a flaming walk, okay? It's hard. I'm not going to lie. There's times where I just need to sit down and drink some water. There's times that I feel like I just need to go to the hospital. Mm. because I can't breathe. You know, I'm a little thick girl. So, you know how hard that is <laughs> walking <laughs> walking around the restaurant, cooking, serving, greeting. I mean, it's hard. There's times I just be like, "You know what? Let me just go sit myself in the corner without this mask." So, what do you do for fun? What do you do when me? you're not working? Yeah, how do you how do you relax? I don't, Brandon. This is things I don't relax. I cook. Like today is Father's Day. I just told my husband, like, you know what? I'm going to go out to eat. But normally my relaxation is just being in the kitchen and just cooking every single time that I have. I like to spend it in my kitchen, in my house. Okay. That's my fun. Great house to be in. No, I just have a regular house. It's just I love the kitchen. No, I'm just – I love If I lived in that house, that would be – Oh, yeah have you cooking all the time i would be oh, for sure. nine thousand pounds and i would just be happy as a tick yeah if you i mean if people know i love to cook and i love to have people over i mean i like like right now after this i'm heading out to kroger go get groceries um for the week and normally any other sunday i would have like three meals already done by 10 o'clock in the morning wow mm-hmm. i love to cook yeah I love it. Okay, so what are you, what are you, where are you guys going for your husband's day today? Where are you going for Father? He said he wanted steak, but you know, with me having high cholesterol, I'm like, can we not do steak all the damn time? Because I, <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I love steak. <laughs> but I think we're gonna end up at a Korean barbecue today, and then tonight we're gonna go to Hot Pot. Nice. So yeah, that's what's planned. But I don't know. I mean, anything can change from here to tell he wakes up. <laughs> what the- about you? What you going to do? Um, well, it's raining. So I think that's my first Father's Day gift that I got because I've been watering my yard because I'm a, a yard nerd and I put a bunch uh-huh. of... So I've, won, I've been watering and I'm like, it's finally raining. Yes. Guy. So I'll probably want to go get a hike in. If it doesn't rain for a while, I like to go hiking. I do like a daily hike over at the Warner Parks. I do every day. Oh, I, I don't walk. So I don't know. <laughs> this one thing I don't do is I don't walk, Brandon. I mean, I feel like I walk enough in the restaurant and yeah. we was going to go hiking last week. And I'm just like, I, I can't. I, I can't. I already seen the waterfall. I've seen it in pictures and this is all I need. <laughs> I mean, so I have an Apple Watch 
and there's yeah. little activity rings on the Apple Watch. This is yeah. so shallow. Um, but I've, I'm at day 25 of closing all three of my rings, and I want to do a full month. Oh, awesome, awesome. Days of closing all three activity rings, because I've had it since March, and my best days of like three activity rings is like three. So I've tried to work really hard at doing exercise every day and do something for like my mind, like then just turn everything off and I go walk through the woods and I just have like this, it's an hour that I just have like to myself. And it's, nice. It's amazing. It's rejuvenating for me. And uh, I've been doing it every single day. So I'm going to try and do that today. If it, the rain doesn't, if it holds off a little bit, I don't care. I'll even walk in the rain. I really don't care. It's gorgeous outside. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, a little hour time for yourself and, and, is it was it Percy Warner you going to? Uh, yeah, I live kind of in the Bellevue area, so yeah. Percy Warner, Edwin Warner, I'll do the Red Trail if I'm gets a lot of energy, or the the Blue Trail or the White Trail. You know, I go and just kind of either one, whichever, however froggy I'm feeling, I try and mix them up so I do the same one every day. That's awesome! Really good. Yeah, we did the Hidden Lake uh, Trail over off Newsom Station the other day. Okay. It's you know. That's right. It's not as pretty as uh, the <laughs> the Warner, but you know, took yeah. that was a lot of fun. So then we're gonna do um, we're planning on doing the pool this afternoon, and I'm going. I'm cooking ribeyes for all the the dads. So my dad, Ooh. brother-in-law, and me, we're doing. I'm gonna get like the big tomahawk ribeyes, and um, oh, that's nice. It's for the ladies, and the yeah. doing ribeyes with baked potatoes. We're going like. Ooh. Mm. Uh, that's all just baked potato and ribeyes i will probably throw a vegetable in there probably do you know corn on the cob or something that's indicative of the season you want to do something oh, corn on the cob with that butter oh yeah. your crock is the best <laughs> <laughs> oh i love country crock i can't live without country crock i love it i grew up on that oh my god let me tell you country we use uh some irish butter my wife gets it at costco i, I can't think of the name of it right now Oh, well, yeah, anybody knows me. I'm, I'm a fast food girl, and I love country crock butter. <laughs> so, all right, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Burger King. Burger King, huh? Yeah, this is a serious topic. I feel like, okay, let me tell you about this. So, I'm a big Whopper girl. Okay. Just growing up with it because, you know, we have history with it. Because, you know, growing up as refugee, we don't get it often, right? So now that I can afford it, I try to go once a week. <laughs> and people are like, oh, you eat that? Well, one thing is, you know, being a chef, I can cook it myself. But to me, I grew up on Whoppers. I love Whoppers. And I'm not ashamed to say I love Whoppers. And anybody that comes into a restaurant, that's all I talk about is getting a Whopper once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, tell me, you're, I mean, you you can't you can't be a snob about it now that you're you know whatever like other chefs they're like oh i don't eat that junk yes you do you grew up on it yes you do quit lying <laughs> uh, a super guilty pleasure i mean i think that the patty melt at hardy's is okay one of my absolute favorites i love the beer battered onion rings at hardy's and if i go to burger king i love the rodeo burger it's a you know it's like the burger with the onion rings in the middle of the i just never get to eat onion rings so every time i go get fast food that has onion rings i'm like hell yes yeah sonic has the best onion rings <laughs> Sonic has really they're the big and they're like there's like the <laughs> is really like a big thick breading yes 
I love the toaster sandwiches, like the bacon cheeseburger toaster at Sonic. That's a really good one. And then if you get the tots, you cover them with cheese. Well, see, I'm not a cheese girl, so I mean, <laughs> I don't do cheese bread. <laughs> okay. Okay. But um, but I did tell you yesterday, I had my first Hugh baby. Oh. I gobbled that in three bites. Three <laughs> bites. So that's one of the, I think that in my opinion is the best. That's what the second place we ate out at after the pandemic like opened and we could like go uh -huh. there. We took the kids to, we drove through Hugh Babies in Charlotte and we, uh -huh. we drove and sat in the park parking lot. We had like a little date with the kids in the back seat, and we all sat there and they uh -huh. just looked at the, the playland across the street and they were like one. Uh -huh. They love, they love that. That's the best. I loved it. I mean, I'm actually going back today to get another one because I went to, I was running errands around Hunter Oaks yesterday and my kids was hungry. So I'm like, okay, let me try Hugh baby. Been meaning to try it. And let me tell you what, the kids got their food cold because I was in there in the parking lot devouring that three bite of Hugh baby. Okay. Good. I'm gonna not one up this, but if you're gonna go out and try something today, try Joyland. Oh, that's on that side. I'm not gonna go on that side. That's gonna be on my list. Yes, He's but I heard it's in, it's uh it's out of control it, it's real easy you order from your phone and then it says come pick it up 15 minutes you pull right up to the front of the restaurant and then you call them and they just bring it out set it on your hood and you're like what? yeah they're amazing sean brock it's got yeah, a bear creek farms meat the burgers are like 12 bucks but it is legit oh my mouth is watering okay i'll do that this week it's waffle fries they got regular fries. you can get mexican coke in a bottle Stop. Waffle fries like Chick-fil-A waffle fries. <laughs> yeah, better. Better. They're made with his uh, Jimmy cornmeal, like this red. Ooh. Anything you want to say to the Nashville community? Any any like final last words? Anything you want to talk about? Yes. When you come see us at Taisan. Oh, hold on. I don't know what to say. I had it at the tip of my tongue. You can yeah, just ask for Nina. When you come to Taysan, you don't know what you're about to order. Just ask for Nina. I'm always there. I want to make sure that all you guys are happy, um, making sure your food is authentic and to your liking, to your platter. I love that. So if you do go to Taysan, which is um, used to be on 12 South. Mm -hmm. Now we're on Music Row, right? Um, at the roundabout, the Naked Statue. I would say Naked Statue because people don't know where the roundabout is. I don't understand but we're at the Naked Statue. Buddy Killen Circle. Well, excuse me? It's called the Buddy Killen Circle, I believe. They don't know that either. Oh, it's the, the Naked People Statues. The Naked Statue across from Tailgate Brewery. That's all day, every day we tell our people. Um, and if they do come, um, please park at the Taisan parking. It's free. So you do <laughs> if you have a hard time. Huh? Where do people park when they come there? Uh, they, we have a parking garage. Um, and it has Taisan sign on there. They can just park there. It's free. Okay, so there's plenty of parking. There's plenty of parking, yes. And then there's some street parking. And if you do decide to do a pickup order, you can just park right there at the front patio with your emergency light on because the landlord said so. Okay. <laughs> right there in front of the building. Put your flashers on, run in, get your order. But if you yes. go to Taisan and you don't know what to order, ask, ask for me. Say, hey, I need help. This is what I like. She'll hook you up. She'll help you yes. figure out exactly what to order. And you're yes. going to Yes. You're going to love it. And you're going to be happy. And you're going to come back. Because well, I make sure that you're going to get to come back. <laughs>
and she needs it. And so if you're listening to this and you go, I want to go try that food, go check it out. Um, yes. Tons of accolades since you've been open. Best tie in Nashville. It's the best tie. It's the best heat. It's the best everything. And you get free entertainment there because all of our staff is very entertainable. <laughs> very entertainable. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Like, Brandon, you need to come and sit down with us one day. You'll see it. Like, once we go full blast capacity, all of our staff, front of the house, they're, everyone's a character there. Well, I'm going to see you this week. I'm going to come in this week and say hi okay. to myself and just kind of like. Okay, text me before you come. Okay. So I can get that special um, spice ready for you. <laughs> Why am I so afraid? We'll do a video of me eating this, uh, this, this Nina hot. I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. We'll do it together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for joining us on Nashville Restaurant Radio. And please, whenever you want to come back on, you ever have something you want to say, whatever it might be, give me a call, text me, let me know. I'd love to have you back on the show anytime. I sure will. Thank you so much, Brandon. This is so much fun. <laughs> well, good. I'll see you later this week. Yeah. Um, and I'll go get some burgers later this week as well. So thank you. I have no affiliation with them. I just love them. <laughs> I mean... I, to me, I'm, I support everything and everybody. So, I mean, whatever. Good. <clears throat> so. Well, have a wonderful rest of your father. Tell your husband happy Father's Day. And, uh, we'll yeah, I'm about to go wake him up because I'm getting hungry. Got to go. <laughs> I'll see Before you the church crowd come out. So, But thank you so much, Brandon. I can't wait. Thank you. And I'll see you later this week, okay? All right. What an amazing interview. So excited to have Nina Singto on the show. She's just a, a ray of light. I can't wait to get in there and go try the Nina Hot. That is going to happen. I am going to go this week. I've already talked to my brother. We're going in and we're going to eat it. I'm so excited. And I um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for watching and um, or listening. You can watch. We're on YouTube now. So I hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.